tomorrow could be a pretty big day for Gator Nation. We're going to talk about why only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Happy Friday. I'm Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and find us on YouTube and find more written work at GiantsCountryOfSI.com. Before getting into today's content, just ask you to like, subscribe, comment, review. Do whatever it is that you want to do, but let me know what you think about the show. Be sure to join the uh, Lockdown Gators Discord, which I'll put in the comment section below. We're going to have fun, or I'll put in the description below, sorry, which we're going to have fun. But right now, we're going to talk about why tomorrow could be um, a, a pretty big day for Gator Nation. And that is, of course, because tomorrow, July 23rd, big, uh, big, big day in, in the recruiting world right now. Obviously, we spoke about this on Monday. I gave my predictions by then. They've changed a little bit since then. Jonel Aguero, the safety that was an IMG kid and is now at St. John's Prep in Massachusetts, back at his home. He's, I mean, he's said that he's down to his final four, which were Florida, Georgia, Miami, and Ohio State. And of course, because I had a Canes fan in in the comments the other day going, man, why didn't you mention this? Uh, yes, Miami's got to die as the DB's coach. He was Georgia's DB coach. He was the one primarily recruiting Jonel Aguero for Georgia. He came to Miami. That's why Aguero was like, you know what? My, maybe Miami's the move. There, you have your answer, little crybaby. Uh, blowing up my YouTube comments like 2 a.m. Um, that, that's another thing. I've decided I'm just not being nice anymore. I'm just, I'm body snatching at that point. So we're between those final four, Jonel Aguero. I mean, Ohio State's pretty much... I, I believe, completely out of this at this point. But also, Aguero, on Instagram at least, deleted all of his pictures except for the trips from Florida. Oh, sorry, deleted all of his like recruiting visit pictures except for the ones when he came to Gainesville. So that's something. But I'm also just like very, uh, very PTSD'd out about this because... I am so worried that this is going to be one of those times where how every kid now wants to do like that. I'm going to pick up this hat. Ah, I'm picking up that hat instead. All, all those things that I like to do. I am very concerned that this kid, don't know where, of course, is deleting everything that's Florida. And he's like, well, guess what? I'm going to Miami. And it's just like, of course he's going to do Because it seems like Florida is not making those those... I don't want to say they're not making impact commits, but they're not doing the things like Florida State with Roger Kearney. Kearney committed while he was still like in Florida's parking lot after his official visit. And he committed to Florida State, of course. And Jaden Rashado took the visit to Florida and then went to Miami, which wasn't like a disrespectful thing. It's just how it worked out. But it seems like Florida's not getting those commits where it's just disrespecting the heck out of your opponent. 
And I'm just at this point, I'm like, okay, it's going to happen to Florida right now. Like, like they're going to do it to us again. Um, so I'm like, okay, whatever. I, I'm not, I'm not writing it in that, that Aguero is going to be a Gator. I am saying, I think he will be. And I hope he will be that all signs point to him being a Gator. And we're, we're going to see, um, we're kind of all over the place, but he's scheduled to commit tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern time, which we're hoping he'll be the first commit of a day with multiple commits, but I'm not sure the next person committing is Malik Bryant, very highly ranked edge rusher slash linebacker. He's a hybrid type of player, which we love those hybrid type of players. And he's a linebacker, edge rusher, edge rusher, linebacker, whatever you want to call him. He's that linebacker edge hybrid that in this defense specifically could be so well utilized and so valuable um, and, and so I think that that's something that can't go overstated. I realized I brought this up before and it's like, well, who really cares about scheme fit for high school kids? They should. I don't know if they do, but they should. There was, uh, I don't know if anybody here has watched Last Chance U. And I think it was Independence Community College, whichever year that was with Coach Jason Brown. And there was that first year. And there, there was a QB that went to Georgia Tech, and he was like, they wanted me to run the option. And it's like, dude, Georgia Tech was an option offense back then. Like, like these kids need to pay attention to scheme. If you're in a scheme that will maximize your skill set, you're going to look so much better, and you're going to perform so much better, and you're going to get drafted higher and paid more. Boom. Like, that that's, that should be the pitch right there. Just if, if you are in the scheme that's good for you, you will excel, and you will make so much more money. And be like, well, Malik Bryant, guess what? That's what Florida is for you. None of these other defenses, they're versatile, but they're not as versatile, as complex, or as creative as what Florida does, especially for your skill set. He's committing at 525 Eastern time. Quick little, um, I believe this is called an addendum, <laughs> because Malik Bryant has now tweeted a video of Billy Napier saying, scared money don't make money. And that, that, that's promising with a big day like tomorrow coming up. Because like I was saying, like I think he's going to pick up Miami because they said they're throwing the bag at him. This could also be a thing where maybe Miami's backing down a little bit from that bag. And he's like, well, scared money don't make money. So I'm going to go to Florida if I don't get that money. We're fine. He could also just be building hype. You know, every kid wants to build hype about their commitment. And we know Florida is one of the finalists for him. I, I, I'm still thinking he's going to go to Miami. Um but this is a bit uh, comforting, might be the word, might be the wrong word. But it's, it's still exciting, regardless. Um, Malik Bryant, I still think he goes to Miami. Maybe he's a Gator. We'll see. But I, I cannot wait. I have a birthday, a, a child's birthday party tomorrow. I might duck out very early on it just to, <laughs> just to be able to be home for the Malik Bryant commitment. Um, We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be a crazy time. It's going to be a fun time, but we'll get into it. And our PM, obviously. Miami, Florida, and Bama are the three that I think he's still considering. I think he's a Kane. Um, I've heard that they're, that they're throwing the bag at him, or that, sorry, legal terms. I've heard they will throw the bag at him. So I, I think that's going to happen with Malik Bryant. Um but here's the thing also, because people talked about Jaden Rashada, and they were like, I don't think he wanted to go to Miami. I think he just wanted the money. The numbers that you see are fake all the time. So the numbers that you see are fake. And if a player doesn't want to go to school, he's not going to go there. Like, Jaden Rashada wanted to go to Miami. That, that's what it was. He was probably like, 
he was probably kind of thinking, you know, maybe Miami, maybe Florida, and and the price tag that or the the price offer that Miami gave him was high enough to get him to completely flip, which is fine. I, I don't, I'm not going to fault the kid here. But I've heard that Malik Bryant's getting the bag from Miami, and then there's also Peyton Kirkland, the offensive tackle, committing at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And I said this on Monday, and I'm kind of more entrenched in that right now. I think he's lost for Florida. Um, I, I think Peyton Kirkland is just someone that Florida's not in the running still. It's as simple. Like I wouldn't be shocked if their hat wasn't on it, if they didn't even have a hat on the table tomorrow. Um, there are three schools that I wouldn't be shocked if he went to any of them. Those are Oklahoma, Michigan State, and Miami. Uh, I could see why. You know, Oklahoma's got – a, a bit of a history developing offensive linemen, although, again, new, new coaching staff is in Michigan State. They, they have tremendous recruiters throughout. And Miami's Miami, especially when you look at offensive linemen. Crystal Ball is going to recruit those guys very well. We'll see what happens with that. But, uh, yeah, I think Peyton Kirkland is, is pretty lost for Florida. When it comes down to it, and we'll talk about this more in-depth next week and the week after that, but, man, Florida's got to figure something out with Miami. Uh, you, you, we could say whatever it is. We could say like, you know, you can't win all these in-state battles. You can't win that. You can't win that. But when it comes to, and I understand why, like I get all of the factors that go into it, whether it's NIL, whether it's the ACC versus the SEC, some kids are going to want to go to either one, whether it's, you know, growing up a Miami fan, whether it's Mario Cristobal is a proven coach. Billy Napier is not at least at the power five level. I get it, but we've got to take a look at this, and Florida has to figure something out because Miami cannot continue being at the very tip-top. It's like Florida's in the conversation for these. You know, we've talked about that before, but it's like, well, Florida wouldn't have even been in the conversation for a lot of these kids. Miami is the conversation for a lot of these kids, and I think that's a focal point where we, we, we've we got to figure something out with that, and we're going to get into it next week because – John Garcia's got some questions to answer for me. I'll tell you that much. We're about to take a look at Anthony Richardson and being put on the Maxwell Award watch list. But first, a quick word from Bet Online because if you think the Florida Gators will win seven or more games, like I do, bet the over. If you think Florida will win six or less games, I don't think that, bet the under. Right now at Bet Online, the Gators' win total is set at six and a half. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. I've been using BetOnline for years now, and I couldn't be happier with it. It's got so much, not just basketball, football, baseball, soccer. Uh, I was going to say tennis, but, you know, after what happened to me yesterday, tennis is dead to me. Um, it's, it's as simple as that. Just, just I hate you, tennis. I'm just going to leave it at that. But you can bet on reality shows, award shows, everything, economics, politics, whatever you want, aliens, go for it. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We're now talking about Anthony Richardson, who we will we've spoken about for months at this point. And guess what? We're not gonna stop because we're not gonna stop talking about our starting quarterback. We're not gonna start talking we're not gonna stop talking about one of the most polarizing figures in college football right now. But Anthony Richardson was named to the Maxwell Award watch list, which, granted, like, like it's, it's awesome and it's exciting to see. 
pretty much every relevant or important starting quarterback gets put on that list. So grain of salt it, I guess we'll say. Anthony Richardson would be the first Florida Gators quarterback to win it since Tebow went back to back with it. Um, We'll see about this because I'm kind of torn on Maxwell. First of all, Maxwell is the most outstanding college player. Uh, I don't know why that's not just the Heisman. Uh, I, I don't know why that's a different award, but yeah, that's what it is. I, I think that the differentiation there is not significant enough and they should just be one thing. Um, but I mean, you look at Anthony Richardson and you're looking at one of the biggest physical anomalies in college football. You're looking at a six foot four guy who can throw the ball 70 yards down the field, not just a 70 yard pass in the air for 70 yards downfield. You look at someone who can outrun the majority, the huge majority of defenders on the field and even offensive players. It's reported that AR runs a runs a four, four flat, which is blazing fast. I don't think people understand how fast four, four is because we've seen guys that can hit the four twos like John Ross, like, I mean, Lamar Jackson hit like four threes and we've seen guys that can hit that fast, but for a quarterback at Anthony Richardson's size, that is remarkable. Like, like he's DK Metcalf, but at quarterback, like, like that's ridiculous. And then, so you've got that, that arm is ridiculous. You've got, I, sorry, I keep saying ridiculous. You've got that arm though. It's ridiculous. You've got the speed that Anthony Richardson has is, guess what? Ridiculous. You have a quarterback who is both willing and able to hurdle a defender. You don't see that places. That's that's not something you see. You especially don't see it from a quarterback that actually throw the ball. Maybe if you're watching Navy 2019 and you got Malcolm Perry back there or when Lynn Bowden is playing QB, maybe you could see something like that. But Anthony Richardson is a quarterback, and he's doing that. That's just ridiculous. And then on top of that, sorry, I keep saying ridiculous. And then on top of that, you look at this supporting staff that he has that is just ridiculous. Sorry, I'm kidding. Um, You look at this great supporting staff he has that is very uh, very well suited for his play style. You've got Anthony Richardson. I've said it before. He has struggled with accuracy in his very brief college career at this point consistency that's that's the thing when you don't struggle with accuracy it's not just like oh he can never hit anything it's consistency is always the issue with accuracy because if they were really bad where they can never hit anything they're consistently bad they're not going to be playing quarterback Anthony Richardson can't consistently hit the tight throws that he needs to go and it's not or sorry not that he can't hit them he doesn't hit them he will improve and he will get better he's clean up his mechanics he's working with Denny Thompson we know that and he's going to improve. But for now, he's got the big-bodied receivers in Justin Shorter and Xavier Henderson. He's got the speedy, dynamic pass catcher in Ricky Pearsall. I just bit both sides of my tongue. He's got the safety blanket, tight end, and whoever it's going to be, Dante Sanders or Keon Zipper. When I spoke with Hayden Hansen last Saturday, he was telling me, he was like, both of those guys are insane. It was off air that we were talking about it, but he's like, both of those guys are insane to be able to actually watch play in person. Um, so I, I can't wait for that. But on top of that, he's also got this scheme around, and, and don't forget the offensive line. 
looks like the best offensive line we've seen in a very long time in games, so possibly since the national championship days. But the scheme as well is going to maximize Anthony Richardson. We're going to see screens to help him get these quick passes, these quick completions, which are going to pick up extra yards. Florida always has good blocking receivers. That, that's just a fact. We're going to see, and by the way, it's not going to change with Coach Colbert. USC receivers can do the same thing. You're going to see deep passes down the sideline and over the middle, not just not not just letting these safeties make one decision and finalize it. You're going to see a streak on one side with a post that's going right, with a skinny post that's going right there, and that safety, if they're in cover two, has to make a business decision as to which way he's going to get burnt. Personally, I usually pick to cover the middle guy and sprint out to the sideline, and it's like I'm going to hope that he overthrows it or that I could shove him out of bounds. But, yeah, that's what we're looking at. But Anthony Richardson, I mean, he's got a solid case to put up big numbers. I think he's more likely to win the Maxwell than he is to win the Heisman because the Heisman, again, is so much more difficult to win. I think that's the thing as well where the Heisman, you need to be a fantastic player. You need to be the best player on one of the best teams. And I don't think Florida is going to get there this year. But the Maxwell, maybe maybe we can look at it as like MVP is almost always a quarterback in the NFL. And we can go, well, this is basically offensive player of the year where for some reason it's never the same dude. But guess what? It's always an offensive player that wins MVP. Why? I don't know why they're not offensive player of the year, but that's what we're looking at. We're about to look at another Gators player that was named for another watch list in Naquan Wright for the Doak Walker. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about Naquan Wright, the Florida Gators' projected starting running back for this season. He has been named to the Doak Walker Award watch list, which, again, similar to the Maxwell, pretty much every starting quarterback gets put on that one. This one, Doak Walker, pretty much every starting running back gets put on this list at some time or another. And here's the thing with Naquan Wright, because I realize Florida, I mean, a lot of us have been talking about this group as... um, as a running back by committee, and yes, that's that's uh, that's fair. But at the same time, we're looking at not just a running back by committee, but there's going to be a starting running back here. I'm not opposed to Naquan Wright being the guy for the Doak Walker, especially because you're looking at a guy that's not just going to be a running back, but you're looking at someone who is a runner-receiver type. And... Uh, I believe it was dating back to last year, maybe even not that far back, but pretty much once Billy Napier came in and I started diving into his scheme, and, and we talked about it here, I'll say extensively, I believe we even had full episodes about who could be the gadget guy in this offense, who's going to be doing the motions, and who's going to be playing running back and slot, doing all these things. Naquan Wright was the person that I was always talking about. We talked about Fenley Graham, who's no longer here. We talked about quite a few different people, but Naquan Wright was always the guy that I was saying he's a runner receiver type he can do both he is vastly vastly overlooked and underrated and that was Naquan but here's the thing now that Florida went into the transfer portal and added Ricky Pearsall from Arizona State that's probably not going to happen Naquan will be able to focus more on the running back spot and I don't have a problem with that. I was the one that was asking for Naquan to play more slot. But now that we have someone who can comfortably do it, yay. Like, like I'm, I'm happy with that now that we have somebody that can actually fill that role naturally. And I don't think we'll see Ricky Pearsall really go into the backfield often, but he'll be that motion man. The purpose of, of Naquan Wright being the uh, guy that I was saying should be in the running back spot, the slot, going in motion, doing all these things was because, one, we didn't have it, and two, it was a way to get Naquan right on the field more. 
now Naquan Wright can focus on the running back spot. And after, I don't know if anybody, I'm, I'm sure somebody here follows me on Twitter, but I spoke about it a few, maybe a month or so ago, where I was like, I'm re-watching every Florida game from the 2021 season. Naquan Wright's ability as a pass blocker is underrated and should get him on the field more often than he was on the field with uh, Dan Mullen. And I part of that's because, you know, or might be because, because partly uh, Damian Pierce was so talented as a pass blocker that maybe we're like, well, he's our pass blocking running back. And in comparison, Naquan Wright is not that good of a pass blocker compared to Damian Pierce. But when you look at Naquan Wright, especially that he's not as uh, stocky as Damian Pierce, it's impressive how willing and able he is as a pass protector, and that should help him get on the field again more often because Billy Napier will ask running backs to pass protect. Montreal Johnson can do it as well. But Naquan Wright, I think, offers more versatility as being a complete back that can do it all. He, and I realize I hate when people say a, a complete back or a do-it-all back, and it's like, oh, well, he's a runner-receiver. Th- that's missing a third thing. That's like saying you got a great team, but they have a solid offense, solid defense, and horrible special teams. Like, you got to be able to do it all, and I think Naquan Wright's the most complete running back on this roster. And Naquan Wright also has more power than people have ever given him credit for. Like, Naquan Wright, sure, he did not have a ton of carries last year. No running back on this roster did. Amory Jones led the team in rushing yards last year, so no running back was really the guy or a breakout candidate. Damian Pierce cooked in the red zone and on the goal line, but no running back ever really got the opportunity to be the guy. Naquan Wright could get that opportunity this year. And like I said, I think he has more power than people give him credit for. He had 320, 322 rushing yards in 2021. Of those 322 rushing yards, 249 of them came after contact. 77.3% of his rushing yards in 2021 came after contact. Like, like do you understand how ridiculously impressive that is that 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 is i keep saying ridiculous um that that is incredibly impressive for a guy that is not thought of as a powerful back he's not even thought of as that shifty but he's got some wiggle to his game he's kind of just thought of someone that can do it <laughs> like like you don't know what it is about him but he can do it but he's got solid power you're not bringing him down with an arm tackle it's as simple as that the fact that 22.7 percent of his rushing yards came before getting hit less than a hundred yards. This last season came before getting hit just goes to show like, like he he's got some power to his game. He's got fight to his game. He's got fight for yards to his game. He, he's going to be a productive running back in an offensive in, in an offense where the offensive line is significantly improved from last year. Like it, it's night and day. It looks like so the offensive line significantly improved. You've got a much bigger passing threat, and in I say bigger because I don't just mean better. I do think he's a better. Pa- I do think Anthony Richardson is obviously a better passing threat than Emory Jones. But you're looking at someone who one can throw the deep ball better, and two wants to throw the deep ball. So defenses have to respect that. Less guys at the second level, more chunk plays on the ground, and you also have to respect Anthony Richardson in the option game. If he hands it out, if he hands it off in the shotgun or pistol, you got to watch if he's taking the ball or not. So. I think this offense is is primed for production that we didn't see last year, and I, I can't wait for it. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free reviews on the podcast. 
maybe we'll be back tomorrow. It depends. If Jonah Aguero commits, we'll we'll maybe talk about it. And we'll see what happens. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first. I did that already, and I'm just going to keep rolling through it because most people probably aren't here at this point. Make your second listen, Lockdown SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida, only there on Lockdown SEC. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Uh, go for our my written work and video work with Whole Nine Sports on YouTube. That's W-H-O-L-E. And I any sports join the Lockdown Gators Discord, which will be in the chat down, which will be in the description down below. And check out my written work with GiantsCountryFSI.com. And I will see you all maybe tomorrow. We will have a bonus episode come out Sunday. Maybe Monday we'll see. Who knows? Who even knows at this? Who's to say? Simple as that.